Good afternoon, everybody. It's September 17th of 2020, about 4.41 p.m. here in the central time zone. This is just another episode of the JTS podcast. My name is Marcus Modi, alongside my partners, Patton Cook and Gabe Jones. As we are sitting here, we are still quarantined. We are still socially distanced from each other. As me and Gabe are still currently in Memphis, but we're in our lovely homes. And then Patton is still on the campus of Austin P, sitting in his dorm room. I'm in the luxurious uh, hand village here at Austin P. Uh, I know all you guys are jealous listening listening to <laughs> at home. But we want to let you guys know that we are streaming on Apple Music and Spotify. Also, you can look us up on Google and Google Podcasts and other streaming platforms. Uh, you can just look us up at Just Talking Sports. But there's a new show on the campus of Austin P, and it's with our fellow partner here, yep. Patton Cook here, as it's called the Audible. Yeah, you, you heard it right. It's like a not not the initial play, but they got a call of Audible. Yeah, the Audible is the name of it. It's gonna be on APSU TV. Yep. You can check it out. Just look it up on APSU TV, and then. Patton, I know it's you, but who is alongside with your partner? And could you tell the listeners just the purpose of the show and what to look into moving forward? Yeah, sure. And I, I'm going to sell uh, the absolute heck out of this here show, uh, The Audible. It's uh, myself alongside my co-host, um, Isabella Christensen. Um, we are two weeks in of doing the show and, uh, the usual rundown is we'll cover Austin P. Their uh, their football uh, rough week the past week. So we did the highlights and uh, stuff today. That was that was a tough go of it. But uh, we'll do uh, Austin P. Whether that's football, we're thinking about getting uh, uh, some of the golf players, golf coaches, uh, some of the uh, the basketball team as the U.S. Open approaches, kind of get their opinion on that. And then whenever basketball season rolls around, we'll see if we can't get a player or a a coach or two, Isabella. She's got a connection. Uh, thankfully, I, I don't have any sources down at the uh, at the basketball uh, team, but she's got the in uh, on there. So we'll do that. And then I've had a, a, an opportunity to sit down with Jim Wyatt to do an interview. So we've kind of used some excerpts out of that. And I'm going to try and uh, try and get my reach out. I'm going to see if I can't get some of the uh, maybe a Titans uh, uh, kind of reporter. And then the ultimate goal. Who knows? Knock on wood. Uh, I'm going to try and get a player on. I, I'd absolutely love to have that. I don't know how realistic that is, but uh, as my mom always says, shoot for the stars. So, so I'm going to shoot for those uh, indeed stars. So uh, really exciting time. Uh, it'll be a weekly show, uh, film it on Thursday, and then it, it's usually up by Friday. So be sure to tune in. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. I want to ask how did that Jim White interview go? Oh, uh, yeah as the Titans was preparing, we're going to talk about it in just a moment, as the Titans was preparing for their first game against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I, I um, kind of just reached out to him. I, I met him at, over my job over the summer at an old Hickory Country Club. Shout out to them. Uh, great paying job over the summer. Um, but I just met him out there, and I uh, I was really the only person, I think, who knew who he was. I'm a big sports junkie. I, I'm uh, as each of us are, and I kind of just knew the Titans uh, beat reporter used to work for the Tennessee and now with the actual Titans rights for him. And I just kind of told him my name, told him what I did, and then um, 
just DM'd him on Twitter uh, a couple weeks ago and asked if he'd, he'd be interested to join, and he said yes, and he was the nicest person. I mean, you wouldn't know this guy had made it big for an NFL team, gave me uh, just some college kid the time of day to do a 20-minute interview and asked him about a lot of stuff, uh, personal stuff, and then more towards the Titans and what he thought about my beloved Marcus Mariota, his benching, and uh, he kind of – he kind of uh, it was therapy, I'd say. He he provided some therapy in that decision, but a really cool guy, and uh, I can't say enough nice things about him uh, just as a person. Well, like like he stated, you can find that episode that was on last week on APSU TV. He also stated that there's gonna be one posted up, put specifically on tomorrow for today's mm-hmm. show. That it's the audible at APSU TV, shout out to APSU TV as they've been working hard trying to find different ways to give news to the listeners and viewers on the campus of Austin P and also without sports. So let's go ahead and go to our subjects here on today. We're gonna to talk about the NFL and the NBA. I would I would wanna talk about the WNBA on a future podcast, but you know, Gabe, Gabe smiling extremely hard. I'm going to put some pressure <laughs> on him for, for next week to see how it's coming, Gabe, is. whether you like it or not. It, it, the, the wave is a coming, I think. Because, because, you know, Asia Wilson just won MVP and the Aces are the number one seed. And then we got some games going coming on at 6 o'clock, the, the Mercury versus the Minnesota Lynx. But, you know, we're going we gonna to keep that for later on. We, we, we got we to gotta set Gabe up for next week. We'll throw him a couple views. <laughs> Give him <laughs> but, some viewership. But shout out, like I said, shout out to Ada Wilson getting that MVP. And then I can't wait. I, I, I'm ready for 6 o'clock to hit because I'm going to be tuning in. As I talked about it, I was watching the game the other day while the Denver Nuggets and, and the Clippers, that, that dumb shenanigans happened. I was watching a really good game with the Mercury, that Mercury game was a, a game winner. I'll say that was that was good to watch. But let me get my mind back onto the subject before I get off track and go with the NFL. <laughs> and I'm gonna pass it off to my partner Gabe as he's gonna take it away. Well, let's get right into it. Sunday we had um, some surprises, some not so surprises. Uh, I would be surprised by the way that Brady played. Um, not surprised the way the ex kicker for the New England Patriots Oof. played, which turned in the turned the game into a slugfest. Let's get right into it. Titans at Broncos. What were you guys' thoughts? How did you see Henry playing? How do you think Tannehill played? Um, do you think that the Broncos defense is actually legit or was it just an off night for the Titans? Marcus, we'll start with you. Okay, so the first thing with me is that that was a Hall of Fame kicker. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. The Titans have a future Hall of Famer. But never in his whole career that he missed four kicks. And don't I'm I'm just gonna be honest. If he would have missed the last kick, he most likely would have got cut. They wasn't gonna give him another shot. And Steven, he said it himself that he believed he, – he was surprised that he had another shot because most teams would have said, oh, yeah, you're done for. 
you saw uh, the Cleveland Browns, they uh, cyber, they booted him out after game week one as well. So it was just like when you're a kicker, like fans really don't understand how important a kicker really is until that kicker missed those field goals. He missed those extra points because those extra points be so much needed moving forward strategy-wise because Vrabel in the back of his mind was like, can, can I trust you when, when we get close to the, the goal line? Can I trust you from 40? Can I trust you in that red zone? Am I going to have to go for it on fourth down? That kicker means a lot to a football team because that's a win or lose of a game. And that game, that could be regular season, preseason, or even in the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, first, before I get into the kicker, uh, Gabe, you asked about Henry and Tannehill. I thought Henry, um, that's kind of early form Derrick Henry. That's kind of what I've come to expect in uh, the early stages of September and October, Derrick Henry. But um, saying that, he still got – he cracked over 100 yards. Granted, he had 31 carries. And if I'm Mike Vrabel and company, I can't expect that every week. And if we do, uh, he's going to be tired out by a week eight. And ultimately, that, that's when we need him is uh, later on in the season, specifically in the playoffs, because he can just wreck a game plan. Uh, he can just uh, take over a game and, and win you a game, as we saw last season. Now, for Tannehill, I thought it was uh, pretty rough. I, I did not like what I saw from him. Granted, there was a lot of pressure, and that Broncos defensive line without Von Miller, I was shocked. Uh, I just felt our offensive line really, really should have uh, taken over that game and really asserted their dominance, but they did the exact opposite uh, of that. So Tannehill really struggled and with Khalif Raymond and A.J. Brown uh, possibly being out uh, this upcoming game. I think more of the same possibly for next week in terms of the receiving game. But Corey Davis, that guy, the number five overall pick, he had a big game. Uh, One of his few games as a Titan cracking over 100 yards. Uh, This game, he had a a game against the Patriots last or two years ago. And then that huge game-winning drive uh, he had against the Eagles, the overtime win. So, He's really only had three 100-yard games, so that was a big one for them. And for the kicker, oh, for the kicker. As someone who um, – I, I never kicked in high school or middle school or anything like that, but I, I played soccer and, and I played as a goalkeeper, and I, I think the two are, are pretty similar. Your mistakes are glorified, unlike any other position in football and in soccer. And – once you make a mistake, your confidence starts to get low. And whenever your confidence is gone, I don't care who you are. I, if LeBron's confidence goes, um, he's going to look like one of the worst players in the in the NBA, at least to me, because where your confidence is, that's where your performance is going to go. And exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, and you really have to give credit to Goskowski because if it was me and if I had just missed that fourth kick to uh, put my team ahead, I might have taken off the shoes, the socks, and went into the locker room and and went back on the team bus. I don't know if I would have had the courage to strut back out on the field and when all eyes are watching and begging for you to miss, you go up there and hit it right down the middle. So I was happy for him there, but it was not the game I wanted. I I wanted a a peaceful, easy game, and by God, I got the exact opposite of that at about 12.30 at night on Monday. If it was me, I'm not going to lie. I probably would have just gone ahead and called my wife and was like, "Yeah, we're going back to uh, we're yeah. going back to Boston. <laughs> maybe, maybe 
I don't I don't want to tell No, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm saying, yeah, we're going back now. I'm saying going back home uh, to my first house, not the house in Nashville, because Nash those Nashvillians, or however y'all say it, uh, they might have been on looking for me at yeah. on Broadway. One thing I do want to say, Derek Henry, having a lot of those carries. One thing, the reason why he had 30 carries was because the rookie running back Evans did yeah. not play at all. So one thing I noticed is that with Evans being in the backfield, that's going to give a lot of time for him to rest. And you can't, you can't, like Patton said, you can't use Henry a lot in these first eight weeks. You can't run him to the grave because the back eight is going to be just as important, especially in this division and seating wise. Because now you got an extra team in the playoffs. So the seeding wise is everything. And with Henry, you got to make sure that he's going to stay healthy. Corey Davis. I think if it wasn't for Corey Davis, the Titans would have lost for sure. Because AJ Brown. He's the only receiving option. AJ Brown, just going to be honest, he was getting a little bit handled by AJ Boyer. And that's what you get sometimes when you're that number one receiver. You will get that number one DB. Corey Davis came in, stepped up, was a viable option for Tannehill. Me personally, I don't want to see Tannehill having 40 passing attempts. That that's not that's not Titans football. You want smash mouth, run, run the ball straight, <laughs> running the ball downhill, just punching them right in the mouth, but. Got to give credit. I think that Denver front four, even without Von Miller, is still pretty dangerous. Jarrell Casey was in the backfield a lot for the Denver Broncos. Might have been just because he knew a lot of the Titans off playbook. But still, Casey was in the backfield because Bradley Chubb, he, his name wasn't called a lot in that, in that game. It was the interior. Yeah, Taylor LeJuan had a few mistakes, but it was a lot of interior that had me concerned, and that was a problem last year in the beginning. Well, the whole the whole point of this training camp was how well we heard about Nate Davis, that right guard position, because I think Saffold and, and LeJuan, I think they're I, – I don't want to be over overconfident here, but I think they're one of the best left-sided uh, offensive linemen in, in football right now, just how dominant they can be on and off the ball. I thought LeJuan played great, just neutralized Bradley Chubb, like you mentioned. But that right-handed side with um, with Nate Davis and then Dennis Kelly is a guy who came in instead of Jack Conklin. Conklin right now is with the uh, Cleveland Browns, and that was the whole thing was there shouldn't be much drop-off with Jack Conklin and Dennis Kelly. Well, I saw some – let me tell you, I, I saw some drop-offs in, in that game. So, And there's going to be better players we're playing up against. We're, we've got next week, we got uh, Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, Chase On of the, uh, of the, of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, two edge rushers that can really beat you. And whatever side is on Dennis Kelly's side, I think Derrick Henry's going to have to give help uh, blocking for the running back. So I think this was a game where you just needed to survive in advance. This wasn't pretty, but uh, getting to want to know and, Ultimately, moving on, getting ahead into that division, it's going to be so key, especially next week as their first division matchup is against the Jacks. Indeed, and very important to pick up the wins where you can. Get the, I guess, quote-unquote easy ones, even if it is a slugfest. Right. Moving on, we got some new faces in new places. We got Cam, Teddy, Phillip, Brady, 
guys, I just want to know your thoughts and your rankings of these quarterbacks in their new areas. Patton, we'll start with you. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think there's really much debate here. Uh, I think Cam Newton won. I thought he looked great. I, I was really, um, really happy to see Bill Belichick and uh, Josh McDaniels. I was wondering if they were going to kind of cater to what Cam Newton does or are they going to try and make him into what he's really not. And I thought they catered to him very well. They gave him some run plays, let him get out on the edge. And Cam wasn't diving. Uh, I'll say that. He was uh, lower in the shoulder a few times. That That's a little cause for concern, but that's Cam at the end of the day. I don't know how much you're going to change uh, from that, but I was really happy to see that. And that's a dynamic I'm going to be fascinated with all season long with Cam Newton and company. And I thought Edelman did uh, very well. Uh, on that. And then, uh, Marcus, I'll let you go. One, my, I'm not going to rank the middle. I think the bottom's Tyrod Taylor. I thought he looked terrible uh, against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I, I didn't like what I saw from him. Too many weapons on that Chargers team to only have 68 passing yards. Um, so for me, no thank you uh, from Tyrod Taylor. Well, one quick thing with Cam Newton. He struggled in that first half. The score was only 7-3 to the Dolphins at that you would have thought he would have picked it up a lot quicker, but that running ability by Cam Newton is going to be something that Josh McDaniels is going to love. Now it's going to be some times he needs to go ahead and take the slide and not try to get those extra yardage because those linebackers and DBs, they're going to want to get a free shot at him. But one thing I do want to see is those receivers. Edelman, because you don't have Sanu anymore, so you got Nikhil Harry, got to get some separation. When you go against somebody like the Bills, Cam is going to need somebody to throw the ball to. And yep. those receivers, they're going to have to get that separation. Didn't have a spectacular passing game. He had to f- fall back on the running game a lot in this first game. But I think moving forward, he's going to have a lot more confidence in his team if in, in his receivers if they get that separation. That was the problem for me. Now, Tyrod Taylor... I think with him, he's so focused on the checkdowns. It was a lot of times where he had guys open down the field. He just didn't want to give it to them. And I won't be surprised after three to four weeks if they end up benching Tyrod Taylor if he keeps holding back that offense. Because they should have picked up this win. They had it in their grabs. It's just, well, they did, They really should have lost this game, honestly. Yeah. Is my, the point I'm trying to make. They really should have lost this game if it wasn't for an offensive pass and defense. And then a missed field goal to tie the ball game. <laughs> it should have been a loss, a loss in the column. It's just Ty, it seemed like Tyrod was holding the back. Because, it, like you said, it's too many weapons. Now, Phillip Rivers, eh. It, that wasn't a good loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Came out red hot and then turned around and just, I don't know, it was just out of nowhere. It just, he just looked like he fell on the, on his face. It was really bad. Well, that's fourth yeah, quarter Philip Rivers, to, to, to be honest, <laughs> if we're being honest here, because I think specifically last year, I think that's more of the Philip Rivers we're going to see, and that's really what I anticipated. I didn't see – this Colts offense doesn't have that many weapons. Uh, if you look at the Chargers, I mean, they've got an abundance. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. They had Melvin Gordon as well, Hunter Henry to go alongside it. So I, I didn't trust Philip Rivers this season. I will say this about Teddy Bridgewater. 
I thought he did what um, Carolina asked him to do. Uh, they're going to ride uh, Christian McCaffrey and kind of have him heavily involved, and they're not going to really ask Teddy to do much in that offense. So I thought for what they wanted uh, from him, I thought was fine. But in terms of, of a franchise QB, I think Carolina has to be thinking about um, upgrading here in, in the near future, just from what I've seen from Teddy the past few years. Indeed. Uh, Teddy getting uh, – did they – they fail to the Raiders, right? Correct. Didn't they? Yep. They Indeed. Lost to the Raiders 34 to 30. Josh Jacobs yep. had three touchdowns. Man, that dude was toting the ball. Oh, my gosh. Every time I looked up, all I saw was like a juke move, a spin, and the man going for 15. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do uh, want to say, a quick hitter, John Gruden, I don't need you killing Henry Ruggs. We, we need him for the full season. He had, he had uh, went yeah. to the locker room. You can't, you can't kill. You got to find other weapons. You, you still got Hunter Renfro. You got Waller. Don't kill Henry Ruggs and try to feed him and force him the ball. Two out of the four downs. It seemed like the first two downs is for Josh Jacobs on third down, or if it's third and short, third and long, you want to give it to Henry Ruggs. You got to open up the field. How do you guys think uh, Brady played? One thing I will say is I never saw so many comparisons between Tom Brady and Jameis Winston so fast. Oh but, my gosh! But I'm I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Patton go is give his take on Tom Brady. You know, I think for what it was, and I think even though I did pick uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, last week in our little pick'em column, which ended up hurting me uh, for sure. I, I thought T- Tom Brady played all right for what it was, and and this is a guy who didn't have any preseason to to get used to these receivers and. And I think that O-line is going to end up being a problem just because the amount of penalties they had. He isn't used to that in New England. Even though that, that O-line isn't dominant necessarily in New England, they don't give up that many penalties. And when you're penalty-free, your quarterback is going to play 10 times better than what it is playing behind the chains. And That's really ultimately where they found themselves in that game. One thing I will say uh, about the Bucs, um, I like Ronald Jones more than the next guy, but I think uh, week two, Leonard Fournette has to be a running back one. I, I don't see Bruce Arians the point of putting Ronald Jones in front of uh, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette can do everything Ronald Jones does, but better. He's a better pass catcher. He, he's a better run runner of the ball. The only reason I don't see you putting him up there is because you've got a, you've got a favorite in Ronald Jones. So I think Leonard Fournette has to be the running back one upcoming here week two when they take on Carolina. So I, I would look for Tom to have a much better game week two. Um, the lights were a little bright, uh, and I think he wanted to do a little bit too much. But after that QB sneak, I thought for sure we were going to see a, a 16-0 season uh, from Mr. Thomas. But didn't get that. But credit to the Saints for what it was. Breeze did not play great, and they still pulled it out with ease. I will say uh, one thing that I think is going to hurt them next week, Chris Godwin. He, he did not practice on today with a concussion. That was look. Tom Brady was looking for Chris Godwin a lot because you want to know why? Couldn't look at Mike Davis because Marcus oh. Lattimore was locking him <laughs> up. Uh, we got a friend, me and Gabe, got a friend saying every time the Saints play the Bucks, you're not gonna see Mike Evans do anything because of Marcus Lattimore. Marcus Lattimore is a shutdown corner, and he's been doing that. Stats have proven it. What was it? Two targets for majority of the ball game. 
for Mike Evans. Yeah, he had that one touchdown in the red zone, but the only reason why he got that touchdown is because he was faced against a linebacker. So I think Mike Evans, he's going to have to do more for this team in order for the passing game, at least, to get that deep ball threat so it can open up a lot more with, like, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, open up the run game. You got Grunt. When you had, when they potentially, if you notice man-to-man coverage, somebody should be open. But one thing I will say, folks, please don't go with the screen plays. You can't, you can't. That that's how I know you. You're still trying to understand. That was a lot of screen passes trying to get a few yards. Saints is reading and it was all over. Um, what I will say about Brady's performance. You got Mike Evans on the on the wide out, of course. Um, Brady does not have the arm strength that he used to have. Even with that arm strength, it wasn't the greatest, but at least he could find guys down the field. Um, but whenever you have weapons like O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, uh, Gronkowski, just myriad receivers, running backs, you've got to find a, a better option than Scotty Miller. Uh, I don't understand why he's getting receptions. Um, unless he is just wide open by himself, nobody's paying him attention, why is he even getting targeted? Why is he even on the field except for to be a distraction or something? I, I don't understand. I, I will um, say Brady, this. Scotty Miller having more targets than Mike Evans. I, I, I think Scotty Miller is going to quickly overtake Julian Edelman because I think that's exactly what that type of player is in the slot. And uh, I, Brady just gravitates towards these small individuals who can get open quickly. I don't, I don't understand why. But granted, saying that, um, Mike Evans, I mean, we can, we can give some blame to Tom Brady. I thought he was absolutely terrible. Uh, I mean, he was in his head was so far up Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, he couldn't break free. Uh, so I, I think Mike Evans has really got to take some, uh, some, some blame for this, for this loss because he just couldn't get open. And that's pretty, you're playing with 10 men at that point, because I mean, you were getting locked up by Marshawn Lattimore, but uh, I, I digress. That's true. All right, we'll move on. Uh, let's get some buck the lines action. Yes, sir. We'll start off with uh, Ravens at Texans. This game, 325 on Sunday. Who you got, Marcus? I'm going to go Ravens. How the Texans fell off so bad, I'm going to go Ravens by 10. I want to say 14, but I'm going I'm to I'm do a safe pick of Ravens by 10. Okay. Happy? Uh, I'm going Ravens 14. I, I don't trust this Texans team at all. Um, that that defense for the Ravens got even better, and I, I think uh, Watson's going to be on his on his tail a little bit this game. And I will agree with Patton. I also have Ravens by fourteen. Ravens are a favorite by six and a half. Uh, next game, it is a night game: Patriots at Seahawks. Patton, we'll start with you. I'd love to take uh, New England here, but I thought Seattle looked great uh, defensively and otherwise. I thought they've really uh, kind of paired up pretty pretty darn well. So I'm going to go Seahawks by um, by a field goal in this one. I think the Patriots will keep it close, but I'm going to go Seahawks by a field goal. I'm going to go with the Seahawks by seven. Jamal Adams. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't watch that game, Watch this upcoming game and watch how much he be up all across the field. 
it doesn't matter. Every every spot of the field he will touch. So Seahawks by seven. Marcus, we have the same Seahawks by seven. It breaks my heart, but hey, I'm trying to win. <laughs> <laughs> Their favorite by four and a half. Uh, moving on, we got a 12 o'clock game. Falcons at Cowboys. Patton, what you got? Uh, I'm gonna go the Falcons in this one. I I, I like what uh I like what Julio did last week, and I think um, Calvin Ridley as well. I, I, give me the Falcons here by uh, uh, I'm gonna go six. Cowboys by four. Cowboys by four. I got the Falcons minus three. That is the uh, line. Cowboys by four. All right, Lions Packers. Pat. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna go uh, with the Packers in this one. Uh, I don't think by any uh, stretch, and I'm gonna go by twenty. I think <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this is gonna be close. I got Packers Marcus. by ten. I too have Packers by ten. Uh, Packers are favored by six. And for the last game, a Monday night game, Saints at Raiders. Marcus, we'll start with you. This is your team. Yep. Yeah, but I'm gonna go Saints. I'm gonna go Saints by uh. I'm going to say Saints by 14. Wait, 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 wait. I just forgot that Michael Thomas might not be playing, so I'm not going to say Saints by 14. I'm going to say Saints by 10. And also, Gabe, don't y'all laugh at me. You chose your team not playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you chose your team. You didn't choose your team, so don't get mad at me. You two throwing each other's okay. teams under the bus here. I mean, no respect. For, hey. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. I chose my team to lose by one touchdown. Anything can happen one touchdown. You chose two touchdowns, buddy. Okay. That's zero faith in your I team. Changed, I changed the team. <laughs> but the Saints is the better team. You only changed it to 10 because Michael Thomas isn't playing. That's Correct. My, Michael Thomas is a big factor. What do you mean? That's almost hey. a touchdown. Hey. I, I could say seven, but he if he does play, he still has a chance of getting off. So I'm going to hey. just say 10. Hey, bro. Patriots, Patriots by seven. I'm joking. I'm, I'm keeping mine. I'm keeping mine. I'm keeping mine. Uh, Patton, your Saints Raiders pick. I'm going to go same as Marcus uh, by 10 just because of Michael Thomas. I think if he was playing, I think the Raiders would have a real issue in that secondary. But thankfully for them, uh, they got a little more of a chance, I guess. They got Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> I'm still afraid of Emmanuel Sanders. Like, I will be plus Michael Thomas. No. Uh, <laughs> And my uh, my pick, Saints by seven. Uh, the line is Saints by five and a half. That game will be Monday night at 7.15. Make sure to tune in. Uh, Marcus, you can take it away. Our next thing. All right. So we're going to switch it up and go to the NBA. As the NBA, they had announced they're all NBA teams just a couple of days ago. So I'm going to just do a quick run through of who got in and we're going to talk about a little bit who, who didn't get in as well. So for the first team, I mean, you got the obvious. Luka Doncic, James Harden, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Anthony Davis for your first team. I, I just want to know who, who picked for Luka Doncic to get a third-team vote. <laughs> That that one amazed me. Somebody got to be probably Trey Young. <laughs> but Trey Young was a snub. That's that's the thing. Trey Trey Young was a snub. Now second team you got Kawhi Leonard, 
Jokic, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam. And then for the third team, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, and Russell Westbrook. Now, I want to get who was the most shocked? Because we all knew who the first team, who really was going to be on the first team. Who was the shock for y'all for the second team and the third team? And who you, who do you believe should have got in? Well, uh, for me, uh, I'd have to go with Bradley Beal. Just look at the numbers he was putting up. I think that is the obvious one. And the uh, thing is with uh, Bradley, he's let Twitter and uh, the media know about it on why he didn't uh, – his his displeasure on not making it in into the uh, All-NBA team. And it's, it's not just recognition that he wants. I'm sure there's a, a clause in his contract that uh, gets him an extra million or two. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that that's money which should have been in his pocket, which is taken out. And if – and if I'm Bradley Beal and I'm looking at Ben Simmons making it in, I'm like, what in the world? Because, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Ben Simmons was hurt for um, a little, a, a pretty good portion of, of the season. And Bradley Beal, with the numbers he had, you really have to wonder what uh, some of these writers are looking at. That, that's why they need some of us in, in the room. Uh, we, we could be the voice of, voice of reason. But uh, one, one minor thing I'd like to shout out is uh, congratulations, LeBron James. Now the most – uh, all NBA teams made by any player of the NBA. I think he's got 16 of them to go to his name. A, a really cool accomplishment for him. So, just another trophy, uh, another another uh, another medal to go along for the goat chase. Which I think, uh, if he wins a few more rings, he's he's got himself right in there. One thing I will say about Ben Simmons: Ben Simmons averaged 16 points, eight assists, and seven rebounds with two steals. Bradley Beal dropped 30 on six assists uh, and played every game. He played <laughs> every me, game. Give me Bradley. I'm Look, guys, have... I'm going to be honest. If if I was to tell you that I thought Ben Simmons was going to make an all-NBA team, I would also tell you that I'm a seven-foot-tall, 365-pound man that can run a 3.040. I would be lying <laughs> to your face. Yeah. <laughs> but as far in Bradley Beal's case – he didn't win games. I'm sorry. I, I understand. I understand that you put up big numbers, but I believe for some of these awards, yes, statistics should matter, but also your impact on the team and your team's win column. That that is very important to me as far as picking picking out all NBA. Because I had guys on my on my predictions like Chris Middleton and possibly a Kyle Lowry that could have possibly made it just because they won they won games so i i see it but also yeah i'm not that i'm not too pressed about not making it i think you brought up a great point because i was shocked that chris paul got a second team i thought chris Indeed. paul was, i thought chris paul would have been third team and russell westbrook would have been second team because even though the thunder was that fourth seed houston was that fifth seed and russ someone had better numbers more points he didn't have more assists. That's just because on the second half of it, it was closer. But that right there was a give or take. And Russ only had nine second team votes. While Chris Paul had 52. That's what it was. I think the success of the Thunder played a role in it. He even got a couple of first team votes. I think that the success of the Thunder played a role in it as well as him leading that team and Russ, of course, he would be the secondary player 
on that Houston Rockets team. Credit to him still making a team. He did he did put up some big numbers, I guess, in like the January, February area oh, yeah. whenever after, they traded away. Um, after uh, what, what was in the, the 20, uh, Clint Capella. Yeah. Yeah. After after 2020 hit, before between January and March, he was averaging a 30 point triple double. Yeah, the guy was playing absolutely <laughs> fantastic, but that is probably where he fell. Um, my my interesting point, I would say, they put Anthony Davis at the center position. Did he play most of his minutes at the center position? Because that that was one thing I had him yeah. on the first team as a forward. I moved Braun up to a guard because Braun played point guard this season. So I put him in the guard position, and I moved James Harden down. Of course, I had Luca in the other guard spot, um, and I had Jokic as my center on the first team. See that? You, that's and now at this point, I don't know what what's a center, what's a forward, and what's a guard at this point with the NBA because yeah, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons. They got him at guard. Play power forward, didn't he? Didn't <laughs> yeah. they say that he was going to play power forward this season? So why yeah. is he in the guard spot? Exactly, exactly. And then Anthony Davis, they going with two big lineup. He's been playing the four while JaVale, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard have been playing center minutes until the playoff time, and they put him right. at center, so I don't know. Yeah, I agree with tricky. you, though. I, I had I had Jokic as a, in the center spot. Yeah, well, in, and traditionally for the NBA, uh, for quite a long time now, I think DeMarcus Cousins was having this same sort of issue when he was putting up his numbers uh, in Sacramento. And the NBA just isn't really counting center as a position anymore. It's it's just going uh, two guards and three forwards pretty much. And, and they're playing small basketball like the Houston Rockets. And we, we saw how that, that, that ended up for him. So, um it's it's really just uh, you hate to see it, but ultimately that 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 is what it is these days. And but I, I think I agree with Gabe I, with what Jokic has done. Although they don't take into account playoffs, I think they should start doing that because what he did, uh, as I'm sure we'll talk about here against the Clippers, uh, he's he's got himself a, a mighty good resume to get in. Let's go ahead and talk about it yeah. because I was wrong. I was terribly 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 wrong. Because I, in the last pod, I said that this series was over with. Just like a lot of people said that this series was over with. But no, the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead and lost in Game 7 to the Denver Nuggets. A complete meltdown. People asking that uh, our playoff P yeah, came back into effect. After even though in Game Six he dropped 34 points, Paul George came and and took a hold of George Paul pandemic. P, uh, just some guy across the street uh, vibes. Kawhi Leonard, who who was arguably the best player in basketball, just didn't show up. Lou Williams, maybe it was the the lemon pepper wings they got to his got to his game. Uh, something just happened with this Clippers team as they blew a 16 point lead in Game Five, a 19 point lead in Game Six, and then blew a 13 point lead in Game Seven. Now, 
what went wrong for the Clippers? Um, I think a better question is what went right for the Clippers? Mm -hmm. And the answer to that question is nothing. Nothing went right. <laughs> if you guys can, uh, you guys can see my hair right now. It's not trimmed because I can't just be trusting Clippers right now. I mean, I, I can't go to the barbershop. This man, no, keep keep it away. Might have my hairline looking like a three one. All right, but um, no, I think that uh, they needed support off the bench. I'm going to start there. They needed some support off the bench. I think over the series, Kawhi did play pretty fine I think he had maybe two bad games for his standard in game five I, I think that was the other bad game that he had but his shots were going in and out of the rim I watched the game his shots were just going in and out of the rim and in this game seven the first half he played fine it was, I think he was five for nine in the first half like 12 points and then it just went downhill fast so we'll start off with the bench. He wasn't getting support. Lou Will did absolutely nothing this entire playoffs. I think they averaged maybe, I think, single-digit points for the entire playoffs. Montrezl Harrell, he didn't offer much. Uh, Paul George was switching what, what, between PG what? and George Montrez Paul. Montrezl Harrell led the team in points in game seven. He, he had 20 points. So he and came to play. He came to play. The man got play. like six points in garbage time, though. He probably had like fourteen going into whenever they went on enough. that on that uh, drought. It was awful. Uh, Paul George and his twin George Paul, they were just in switching out games, deciding who wanted to show up and play for the night. A lot of George Paul in this in this game seven. George Paul, I. It, you know what? I don't even know if it was George Paul. I think it was Paul George who hit the side of the rim. I ain't never seen George Paul hit the side of the rim, side of the backboard. Excuse me. Never seen it happen. But he did it. Wide open three, brick. Um, and Doc Rivers, it's not really much you can do whenever your team is just missing shots. It looked like they got the heart, their heart snatched out of their chest. But, for, for example, coaching decisions like keeping Lou Will in, if he is not scoring points, why is he in the game? He he's he can't play good defense. They're seeking him out. Why is he in the game? Uh, Patton, go ahead. What you got? Um, I I've got two things. Um, one, I think it starts with the stars. Um, LeBron, I've seen LeBron get crucified too many times uh, about how he complains about his supporting cast and how he didn't do enough. Well, by God, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sure as hell didn't do enough <laughs> in this game. And I, I think Paul George and specifically, uh, well, first I talk about the stars. I'd like to talk about Patrick Beverly. For a guy who chirped as much as he would, I would sure hope he's got a, a game that he can back it up with. Because if you're talking to Damian Lillard like a chump, um, well, Dane's dropping 50 and you're dropping 50 minutes on the bench. I, I just don't <laughs> want to hear from Patrick Beverly uh, anymore, to be honest, because I just find it, I just find it ridiculous. And uh, to be fair, I love the uh, the back and forth between CJ and, and Dane talking about their Cabo trips, uh, whether they wanted to extend it. For, the, for, for their friends over at the Clippers. Yeah, now, I want to go to Cancun. Uh, Cancun, Cancun, Cabo, any, any one of those uh, wonderful destinations this time of the year. Um, now, for the Stars, I was really, really disappointed in Kawhi. And uh, Skip Bayless, my good Vanderbilt brethren, uh, loves to hype up about how he's uh, eclipsing LeBron. I'm sorry, LeBron has never done that late in his career. Uh, 
even when the Mavericks, that was fairly early on in his career uh, in perspective. This is a Kawhi Leonard. Whoa, whoa. Was, this is a prime LeBron. Don't say that. Nope. That was a prime nope. LeBron. Nope. My eyebrows is raised right now. Nope. Okay. That was a prime LeBron. <laughs> That, that that was not a championship LeBron. Uh, this is a that championship is, is Kawhi LeBron. That's fair, that's fair, but that's still a prime LeBron. Don't even try no, to No, Kawhi. I will say this: LeBron did not know how to win against that uh, that Mavericks team, and it was that that's the whole reason he switched over to Miami was because he did not know how to close out a uh, a NBA Finals run. Kawhi Leonard has done that uh, either two or three times. I can't remember how many rings he won with the Spurs. I think it was two. So I think he's got three rings right now. Uh, Kawhi Leonard does. So a really disappointed in Kawhi just really shrunk in that fourth quarter. I think him and Paul George combined at uh, either two or zero points. I, I don't know the exact uh, numbers on, on, on that, but for Paul George, um, good grief. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say on that. I don't want to harp on the guy too much as, as he's kind of mentioned, he struggled with uh, confidence, mental health, um, however uh, you, you would like to put it. So he's clearly struggling and it's the same like I talked about with Steven Goskowski, um, when, whenever your confidence is gone, your talent's gone. And I don't want to say his talent's gone for Paul George, but it's pretty uh, pretty close to it, I'd say. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, so I guess my thoughts on Kawhi Leonard real fast. Uh, one, two-time champion, uh, Patton. Uh, also, I think that in the four – well – Late in the third, whenever he noticed his team wasn't hitting shots, I think that they – have y'all – y'all have been in a game where things aren't going right, and there's always one moment where you can point to that moment and you just knew it, it was over. Mm-hmm. Whenever Lou Will got that pretty much wide-open layup, he bricked it, and I was like, oh, no, this is not looking good. Well, Kawhi, he comes down, he sees his team isn't making shots, shoots a shot, he breaks it, now, he's not the selfish player, the type of player that will say, okay, I break this shot, I'm going to come down, I'm going to shoot another one, I'm going to shoot another one, whenever he has talent on his team. Now, against the uh, Sixers last year, he shot 35 shots. He did that because his other teammates just – he didn't think that they'd be able to carry that load. Well, you have an all-star in Paul George. You have a multiple-time six-man of the year, Lou Will. You have a new six-man of the year in Montrezl Harrell. So he is trying to share that ball. Thing is, nobody's hitting shots, and you just can't get into a rhythm whenever you shoot it once, and then you don't get another shot for a couple possessions. So that is my thing on on Kawhi, which you still could play better. I think for me, I don't blame Doc Rivers as much as people really were just hammering on him because Doc was preaching this theme this whole time in each and every loss. We got to keep picking it up. We can't keep our foot off the gas pedal because whenever they was heating up, whenever it was turned on, what happened? Up double digits, up 13, up 15, up 16. And these veteran coaches, he's a former player. These coaches, that coaching staff knew if you keep turning it on and off, on and off, on and off, one time when you turn it off, you're not going to be able to turn it back on. Yeah. And that's what happened for three straight games. And it's nothing that Doc Rivers can say. When he keeps telling him, come on, guys, come on, guys, come on, guys. We got to pick it up. We got to get some stops. We got to get critical stops. And his team just not out there doing it. And it's not just when it's the bench players. When your bench players is out there and can't do it, you can easily pull them. But when it's your star guys, 
you can't it looks bad when you have to pull your star guys because you have so much faith in them and you just gotta tell them yo we gotta play better i'm depending on y'all Kawhi, i'm I'm looking towards you paul george i'm looking towards you lou williams i, I need a bucket i'm looking towards you three guys your top three scores didn't even pass one guy in scoring on the other team. Kawhi, Paul George, and and Lou Williams didn't even get 40 points in a game seven while Jamal Murray dropped 40. Those three guys went 13 for 49 from the field in a game seven when you needed it must win or go home. What can you say as Doc Rivers? And then what happened afterwards? Excuses. These excuse, the blame games start coming in. Oh, we had chemistry issues. We had our IQ issues. We was fatigued. We we couldn't go longer than three minutes on the basketball court. Come on now. Come on now. Oh, and, uh, it just looks yeah, bad. And, and and one thing for me, uh my, my final point on this game, and then we can move on uh, and, unless someone else has something to say. As the great Charles Barkley uh, says, I think it's time to start a dialogue about uh, Doc Rivers because, I mean, this is really starting to become quite the pattern. Uh, he had his same issues with the Clippers with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin blowing leads to the Golden State Warriors like no one's business. And let's be, he's got one ring. He's got what? one ring that he won with that Boston team. You have to put your faith in your best players. No, but, I mean, this is starting to become a trend. At some point, we need to start looking at the head coach. We're looking at the head coaches at other places. We're looking at Mike D'Antoni. We want him out of, out of Houston. Um, he's putting his best, uh, his best faith into uh, 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 Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So I think we need, to, we need to have the same energy for some of these coaches because Doc Rivers, he's got one ring, and he's milking that one ring between a, a Boston Celtics team that, really should have won that uh, that NBA Finals, and they did. He's he's milking that ring, and I've said that about the, uh, about the Boston Celtics. I've never seen one team milk a, an NBA ring more than that team uh, because oh, I, I don't think they're that great at all. So I think I it's time to start a dialogue about Doc Rivers. I don't think he should be fired necessarily, but I think uh, blame needs to come his way and his excuses after the game. I thought they were ridiculous. I 100% agree with you, Patton. I don't think he should be fired. But I, I'm not saying that he doesn't take – he doesn't need to have any blame. That's not what I'm saying. He's going to get blamed, as you stated. He's had, what is it, five or six instances where he didn't blown a, a, a lead, whether it was 3-1 or 3-2. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like – Not great. That's not that's, – that doesn't look good for you. But sometimes it's – sometimes it can't be your fault. Sometimes Indeed. you got – sometimes it's the head coach's fault. Sometimes it's just your star player's fault. If if your star player can't get it done, they just can't get it done. And it's looking like a win for the OKC Thunder getting five trades for 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 George Paul. That's all I'm gonna say. And yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's George move forward. makes an appearance. Let's go ahead and move forward and talk about the Western Conference Finals first before we head to the East. Now, I want to get y'all guys' prediction because I mean a lot of people are gonna. We are most likely all going to have the same outcome. How fast do y'all think it's going to be is the question. Hey, uh, I said I said Clippers in six, 
of course, that didn't happen against the Nuggets. So I will give the Nuggets – I'm going to give them their respect, man. Uh, Lakers in six or seven, which I'm giving them respect saying that they're yeah. losing. But, man, I, 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 can't, I can't see this team beating uh, full power – basically full power LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They will have two of the best – they'll have the two best players on the floor in mm-hmm. any given moment. I think that their uh, role players are doing a pretty good job at least creating some type of offense, and they've always played defense in KCP and, of course, Caruso, Rondo playing good defense. Uh, I don't think AD will be able to stop Jokic because Rudy Gobert couldn't do anything with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, I'm, I'm excited to see it, but I think Lakers, Lakers in six or seven. I, uh, I I tend to agree with Gabe there. Um, I think the Lakers are, are licking their chops right now, knowing they won't have to face that uh, the, the the Clippers mainly because I think the level that the Clippers played against uh, the Denver Nuggets is was going to be completely different than the level they would have played against the LA Lakers because, like Marcus said, they love to switch on and off, and they never could just make that switch um, for the Denver Nuggets. They would have made that switch against um, the the Lakers. So. Um, the only the only uh, bright spot I think I could point out for the Denver Nuggets is I think Jamal Murray is going to win his matchup each and every night. I don't I, I, although Avery Bradley or Rondo, uh, Danny Green, those are good defenders, but I, I think he's going to have their way um, for most of the night. And the big thing for me, I think if the if the Nuggets are going to want to win this game, they have got to get Anthony Davis in foul trouble, and that's at, and that's at the hands of uh, of Jokic. I think he's going to attack AD. Um, pretty much not for 60 minutes, but uh, damn near close to it. So uh, I, for me, I think, um, or 48 minutes rather, I think Jokic is going to have to attack AD, but AD is a great defender. So that's going to be a tough match. I think I'm going to go with Gabe. I'm going to go Lakers in six just because um, I think the carefree that the Lakers are going to be playing with, knowing that they've got an easier path to the finals now than they did two weeks ago, I think is going to be huge. I agree. I would say I said Lakers and six. I'm I'm not don't get it twisted though. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes seven. I wouldn't. I agree. Yeah. Because this Nuggets team has momentum. Me personally, I think what the Lakers are gonna try to do now is go back to their two big lineup. And you're gonna see a lot more of JaVale and Dwight moving forward. But I think Jokic is gonna have his way against any big. Now the real Question is going to be against Anthony Davis in the clutch moments. Will he be able to defend Jokic in those pick and pop situations? That's the that's the pivotal thing. Can Danny Green, KCP communicate well to be able to come off of those screens and either get a good contest or cut off Jamal Murray and Anthony Davis still have time to get back to Jokic from the three? Because if not. And if Jokic is hitting those threes, that means Anthony Davis going to overhill. What's Jokic going to do? Drive to the basket, swing, swing, open shot, open corner three, cross-court pass, open corner three, or just one pass, open three. But it's going to set up a lot of offense. One thing I did not like about the Clippers, and I think they're going to do diff- – the Lakers will do differently. If you're going to trap, you got a hard trap and don't allow the – the bounce pass with Jamal Murray. If you letting Jamal Murray give a bounce pass to Jokic right at the top in the middle at the free throw line, it opens up everything and you have to zone it up on the backside. That's not going to work against the Nuggets. They're going to always find a good shot. 
the main thing, um, my main keys for the Nuggets, if they do want to escape this series and make their first NBA Finals, I believe that Jokic will do his things. I think that Harris, Craig, um, and what, what was the boy that they got from uh, Porter. the Thunder? Grant, Jeremy Grant. Grant, no, okay. Jeremy Grant. Uh, of course, Porter is going to have to play well as well. But those three, they need to make the shots that Jokic is going to create for them to get open. And Jamal Murray, he is consistently inconsistent. It just so happens that he has been consistent in the times that they need him to be consistent. Yeah. Of course, in the Utah series, came up big in the series against the Clippers. He played pretty inconsistently, but those second halves, he was dropping 20 points. In this game seven, he dropped 20 points in the uh, second quarter. So he just showed up big in big moments. If he can stay consistent over over these playoffs, they'll have a real good chance to at least compete and get it to six or seven. But if that is not the case, if he gets shut down, I don't think they have much chance at all. Yeah, I agree with you. If, if he can't. If he can't get the shots to fall, it's going to be a tough outing for the Nuggets. But I got faith. And if the Nuggets end up do winning, this will just cap off the year. What a year. <laughs> what a year. year 2020 <laughs> would just make it so, so 2020 if the Nuggets would get to the finals. So I want to see it happen. I want, it, I want the Nuggets to win just to see how great. 2020 would have been because if you think if the Nuggets to go past the, and get to the finals, they would have went through Utah, went through the Clippers, and the Lakers just to get to the finals. Who would have thought it? And it's a possibility that it could happen. Now, if we move on to the Eastern Conference, they already had a game happen, and there's supposed to be a game here on tonight at seven, but. Game one, the Miami Heat took it in a very spectacular fashion as Bam Adebayo had a <laughs> block against a potential dunk attempt by Jason Tatum. As the Heat took game one. I had this series going seven games, but I still I still don't know who's gonna come out. I, I really it's a toss up for me. Now I want to ask you guys. How did y'all feel about game one? And who do you who do you have for game two? Um, yeah. Um, for me, I think I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. And I think the game we saw in game one, I think is going to be – I think we might get six or seven of those games. I, I think there isn't much that separates uh, these two teams. But just one thing that I like about Miami is a different person does it every night, it seems. Uh, Tyler Hero in that game nearly had a triple-double. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and I'm a huge Tyler Hero fan, but he isn't known for his uh, rebounding and assists. He's known for his shooting and then his effort on the, on the defensive end. But a great night for him. But for Jimmy Butler, uh, once again, not a great night. And if he can just get uh, one of those great games he, that he had against um, early on in the playoffs, I believe he had a 30-point game and had hit some big shots. If he can have one of those, I think the Celtics are going to be in real trouble because – I think with what the Clippers had, they talked about depth. This Miami Heat team has depth at, uh, at multiple positions, and, and they're really proving that here. And uh, so I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. I think six or seven, I can't decide uh, just yet. But I think for Boston, um, Kimba's not playing well enough for me for, for me to pick them uh, against the Heat. 
I agree with everything you said, Patton. A key stat I would um, be on the lookout for in these in these series, points in the paint. Miami Heat led, beat the Boston Celtics out 48 to 26 with points in the paint. Now, um, there are such things as jump shooting teams. Uh, Golden State did it well, but they're probably the greatest example of a jump shooting team of all time. Um, I don't know if the Celtics will be able to keep up with making jumpers from the outside just to keep these games close, though I think every game will be close. And as you said, the depth of the Miami Heat having bodies that you can just throw at everybody, Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala for defensive purposes. And whenever you have Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson just knocking down threes, it's a hard team to compete with. And, of course, Bam Adebayo on the inside, playing a little point center, finding everybody, getting people shots, and just being the defensive presence that he is. I think that the Miami Heat will probably edge the Celtics out, but I do think the Celtics saving grace, I think they can have the two best players on the court in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, last thought, over the, over the last final minutes, uh, Jalen Brown, I don't think he touched the ball over the last four minutes, except for a tip-out rebound. Tatum was taking a lot of shots. I mean, he is the guy for that team. But you have another star in Jalen Brown. Give him the ball, Coach Brad Stevens, please. I think with the Celtics, I, I have the Celtics winning game too, tying it up 1-1. But with the Celtics, one thing I do want to say, I want to see how Gordon Hayward is going to be when he comes back and who will it affect the most. Because Marcus Smart has been playing phenomenal. Tatum has been playing well, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, he's been having some bad shooting nights. He's had, he had a couple versus Toronto, and then he had a bad shooting night against Miami. I think that's one of the reasons why he didn't get the ball a lot in those closing minutes. But one thing with Jalen Brown is that when he's not shooting the three ball well, he can get to the basket whenever he wants to with his athleticism. So why settle? That's, that's, I think that's the thing with Boston. When they're aggressive and not settling for those jumpers, they're at their peak. That you really can't be stopped because you can't guard both. You have to choose which one you're going to live with. If they're going to settle for those jumpers, you can, can get a contest. But if you're going, Kimba's getting to the basket. Tatum's getting to the basket. Brown is getting to the basket. Miami help defense is going to come. Then you got to swing the ball, swing it, swing it. Somebody's going to be open. Those guys, a lot of times, you see it so much when they do a shot fake, they let their side step to pull up for three. If you got time on the shot clock, don't go for, settle for the side step three. Do that pump fake, drive to the basket, get a dish out. I promise you, somebody's going to be open for an even wide opener three. If you would understand, if you're listening, if you understand what I mean. And and usually the guy that really gets hurt whenever Gordon Hayward is a major part for the Celtics usually is Jalen Brown because he just cuts right into the minutes that Jalen would normally get and takes away shots from from Jalen. So I think there's some uh, a real love hate relationship between uh, uh, Gordon and also the Celtics because I, I, there just really isn't a great fit for him because he's usually coming off the bench and by that time I mean it, it's a tough a tough fit in, but I think the Celtics have got the talent for sure. And uh, this is their best shot to get into the NBA finals. They made it to the conference finals uh, 
three years ago against uh, my Cavaliers, and that was a young, young Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And, and they've grown up, and they probably learned a lesson or two from that seven-game series. So that would be one thing I would look out for. Uh, Jimmy Butler is really the only guy who's got serious playoff experience. The, the rest of them are either rookies or, or second-year guys. So um, look for the Celtics, some, some experience that the Heat don't have. Uh, could be a, a, big, a bit of a leg up on them. I can't wait to see how game two goes. Will it be on, it's on TNT on tonight, isn't it? Correct. Yep. TNT. Yep. Hopefully it's not Reggie Miller or Chris Weber being the analyst. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know it is. <laughs> I just messed with y'all. But hopefully y'all tune in to it as we're going to wrap things up. I know I'm about to tune into this Mercury versus Lynx game. That's about to come on right now at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. If y'all into some quality basketball, check out the WNBA. But my name is Marcus Modi. My partners, Patton Cook and Gabe Jones, we want to thank y'all for listening on another JTS podcast. Like I said earlier in the show, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Music, Google Podcasts. Just look up Just Talking Sports. And we just want to thank y'all for listening here on another episode. Just want to hopefully y'all have a good rest of y'all night and a good rest of y'all week. All right, y'all see y'all soon.